0: We've done it. We are the champions of Europe. It still doesn't feel real at all. Welcome to wherever you may be, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to be talking through that incredible night out in Porto and doing a few end-of-season awards too. My name is Olivia Bazaglo, and joining me for one last time this season is Chris and Charlie. The smiles on our faces say, Oh, how how are you both? Are you still buzzing, Chris?
1: uh yeah it's it was such a i just never thought it would happen again so soon you know and, and not this season um not not the way things were going like halfway through the season i suppose that that is um a parallel with, with 2012 but uh yeah it's just it's just felt like a dream really of i think we were just saying off there uh, i've watched the highlights about 50 times now and still can't really get my head around it It is it's baffling but it's also brilliant yeah
0: Uh, Charlie it doesn't I mean I know for me it just doesn't feel real it hasn't sunk in it's like four or five days later or three or four days later now and we're champions of Europe
2: it's crazy every time I look at my phone and see like all the texts coming through from people and it was just such a well, I mean, what a moment. And I just, like, set off air, like, still still struggling to deal with everything. <laughs> Emotionally, physically, all the rest of it. Um, but, yeah, you're right, it hasn't sunk in. I think, you know, when we're all chanting Champions of Europe next season, I think that's probably when it will sink in. But you're right, Olivia, it's been like a crazy dream, uh, to be honest, that what this group of players has done on the biggest stage possible is nothing short of remarkable. Every single one of them, and it, it irrelevant whether they got on the pitch or not, I feel. Um, every single one of them has written themselves into Chelsea folklore. You saw you saw the togetherness at the end, <laughs> Olivia. <I was> <laughs> <in> <laughs> dancing. Um every single one of them has written themselves into Chelsea folklore, even the players that weren't on the pitch. You saw the celebrations at the end, Abraham, Giroud, people mm-hmm. like that, full kits on, bouncing down, you know in the centre of everything. I think you saw the togetherness of the squad and what a bunch of heroes. We're making our producer sick, by the way, Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. He's (laughs) turned it
0: off already, hasn't he? He's not enjoying this whatsoever. Chris, I'm going to come to you first. Talk us through where you were, how you watched it, what the atmosphere was like. Because I know Charlie's got a pretty pretty decent story about where he was and uh, when he watched his final. So where were you? What did you do?
1: Uh, mine's fairly boring, unfortunately. But um, I watched it um, at a place in Peckham with some of my mates. But actually, none of my mates, uh, the uh, none of these mates are Chelsea fans. So they weren't as fast as I was. So, yeah, that oh. was maybe a regrettable decision. But obviously, I still had a great time. Um, uh, yeah, very loud, very atmospheric. They were playing liquidator before and after the game, that was great with wow. a Chelsea chance. So, yeah, it was good fun.
0: Charlie, you were crouching down, watching on a little iPad, yeah,
1: as you saw as you saw from
2: the picture. Oh, I, you.
1: I forgot, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, was, I was groomsman at a wedding all weekend. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, and yeah, the, the, the wedding was at the father bride's house, the lovely, massive house. And uh about halfway through dinner, it was again to like seven o'clock. My dad was texting me about the team. I was like, okay, as nice as this dinner is, I need to go and watch football now. So I uh I collared the father of the bride and said, Listen, mate, I need to go and watch football in your house. He, he, he set me up with a little screen, no. a few beers, what yeah, watched it there, all dressed up in a morning suit. Um, but it was great, you know, it just it, it was great. I just completely boxed myself off for two hours to watch uh, Watch the football, um, and then reemerge, reemerged, re-emerged, on, the floor, yeah. re-emerged on the bad. dance floor, yeah, oh. reemerged on the dance floor after that. By far the happiest person there, despite <laughs> including no. the people that just got married, um, <laughs> and just took the place over. Basically, oh. <laughs> no, it was yeah. great. It was even now, just just so good to be able to watch it and from FaceTimed everyone at the end. I FaceTimed people in the ground, FaceTimed my dad and my granddad, and um few of my other Chelsea supporting mates and yeah fantastic fantastic
0: I mean I think everyone knows by now where I went to watch the final because I've made it pretty clear over the last few days um genuinely I think that's up there with the best day of my life like I I wasn't at Munich and obviously winning it for the first time is always really special was always usually the most special but because I wasn't there the feeling I got at this one was I, I can't even describe it and I've actually got a really funny, so the, you know the video that the guy took of me when ZX scored, as oh, ZX scored, why don't you call it ZX? Mares, when Mares hit it over, there's a video of me and, and I'm just like, oh. you, know, I just, you can see the panic in my face. Mm-hmm. And there's actually, I haven't shown it. I mean, Goal put it out on their um, socials. So don't go and watch it because it's very embarrassing, but I'm <laughs> going to take screenshots from it because when the final whistle went, and I'm sitting in posh seats and I absolutely lose it. Like I'm going to to <laughs> everyone around me sort of just like sat there and I'm screaming, yeah. shouting. I imagine
2: movies. I imagine the sponsors yeah. weren't having you at Yeah, all. yeah. <laughs> I
0: was like, I did say before, I was like, right, was like, it's a Champions League final. I said, I'm a Chelsea fan. Am I going to be able to like react how I want to? Because there's a high chance I'm not going to be able to keep it all in. And he was like, no, he was like, I understand. Because they're like, they're both football fans. One of them was an Arsenal fan ducked off straight after the final whistle, did not want to see that trophy lift. Um, But he was like, I I would be exactly the same. So like the whole game, I was quite animated, up and down, you know, screaming, shouting, but um, it was genuinely the most incredible experience of my life. However, it was also possibly the most nervous I've ever been in my life. Charlie, sitting through that, how how did it feel, especially that last 45 minutes?
2: Uh, Well, like like you said, it just went on for hours and hours, (laughs) didn't it, that second half? I'm. I remember feeling the same in 2012, like Barcelona in the final. Mm. Just looking, our uh, clock says 63, and then you like wait for an hour, and then the clock says 65, and it's just, it was just, yeah, it was a, it was a nightmare. They obviously started having a couple more chances. We missed a really good chance, mm. um, but you know, I, I, you know, it wasn't a case of us being battered at all. We played so well. Uh, we don't think there's a person on the planet who watched the game that thinks we didn't deserve that so I think it wasn't it it, it wasn't quite like Munich we didn't play well at all
0: well, and it was just three we got battered for 90 minutes yeah.
2: yeah absolutely absolutely so um but we were we were the better side in in Porto so um that was kind of a little bit different but I mean it's just you just can't even think when you're watching after we went one 0 up I just couldn't even think I was just transfixed by it but also just wanting it to be over and done and watch the trophy in Ashpilic quite as hands
0: Chris did you think that Pulisic miss was going to come back to haunt us because I definitely did I,
1: I I couldn't tell you what minute that was but yeah was like honestly 10, 15 that
0: 15 to go so it wasn't it wasn't yeah like, maybe 70 like, something
1: like, I think about yeah. like
0: 246 <laughs> yeah
1: it did it did honestly yeah I mean when you miss chances like that like I think the camera angle for for us, Charlie, I don't know if you found it, it was quite deceiving. It looked like he'd stuck it right into the corner of the net. So mm. I, was, I was on my feet. I was like completely ready to celebrate. Um, actually, yeah, the one benefit I did have, my, so my, my Liverpool supporting mate uh, who was with me, he... Uh, he just hates Man City so he just like at the start of the game he's like oh yeah I don't know who I'm going to support, don't know who I'm going to support and then obviously like as soon <laughs> as soon as that Havertz goal went in he was like the one on his feet celebrating with me so he obviously <laughs> uh, sided, sided with us which was nice but yeah we were both on our feet for that Pulisic miss and um, yeah just could not believe it it didn't go in but um, what a move by the way that if that had gone in that would have gone down as one of the great Champions League final goals that was unbelievable play I can't remember who flicked it into Havertz but Havertz's footwork Mm. on that stage uh, at that period um, the confidence I think that performance will give him and obviously scoring the goal obviously he's usually such a cool head he's very he seems very like unflappable but um, what an incredible moment for such a young player uh, and a player who could be a player for the ages for, for Chelsea I think um Yeah, I mean the goal
2: the goal we scored as well was an unreal move. Like what a pass that was. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: What a pass.
0: From start to finish, I thought um I thought quite a lot of Chelsea players had their best game for Chelsea in the final, but Kai Havertz was by far that is the best I've ever seen him play. Mm. Um I just he was so silky, so smooth, his touch was great, his control was great, you know, his weight of pass was great. He just was doing all the right things at all the right times and Twenty-one years old, score a goal like your first ever Champions League goal. You scored it in a final. It's the winning goal. We, I think this is. We're starting to see why we paid seventy million for Kai Havertz, aren't we, Charlie?
2: I think in in a couple of years that will just seem like nothing. Mm. Really, will. I mean, I think we've 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 all said like he's shown flashes of it, and he's played very well. I thought he played very well in the semi final as well, which is when I kind of completely come round to him. In terms of what he can offer, um, but yeah, look, I mean, he—he's an absolute Chelsea legend now, isn't he? You score, you score the only goal in the Champions League final. Yeah, you know that. What a what a way to end your first season! And I think how talented he is, how tricky he is to mark for opposition teams. His technique, mm-hmm. his as Chris pointed out, his like sort of coolness and collectiveness. I, I, I think seventy million will be. In a couple of seasons, it'll be completely irrelevant. Um, yeah. Just hopefully, you know, he stays at Chelsea for a long, long time. Because um, if he doesn't, I think he's going to be going for about 400 million or something. I,
0: I think that's that's the reason Roman Bramovich, didn't he? he? came out and said, I, I've, I spent 70 million on Havertz because I didn't want any other club. To spend that money and have a player like that and you know it's been a really difficult season for Havertz it's been a really difficult season for Werner but listen to win the Champions League in your first season is not bad is it listen whilst we're here we're going to talk about other standout performers because Chris, Rhys James apart from the first five minutes when Raheem Sterling got in behind him once but he still recovered a 20 year old you know his first Champions League final how just how good was he?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think he, he set the tone with that, um, early tackle on, uh, Raheem Sterling. So I thought he'd actually made a mistake in like letting Sterling make that run Mm -hmm. inside him. Um, and that was a, a massive, massive chance for City, but his recovery, his pace and recovery and strength to, to nudge him off the ball. I think that, that just gave him the world of confidence and, um, yeah, he just continued in the same vein throughout the game. Um, I was writing about this yesterday. I, I genuinely think that there are certain players in this team um, who, for whom uh, that that ninety minutes will be completely. I mean, obviously, it's life changing itself, but in in terms of their own career trajectories, that is that takes them to com- a completely different level. Including the more experienced players, um, I now think uh, uh, it's funny now reflecting on like, the amount of times we've spoken about like as Aspillaqueta and. Whether we want to see these more experienced players play every game, but now I think he sort of has the same importance to Chelsea as kind of like Sergio Ramos did in at, the, at his peak when Real Madrid were winning those sort of back-to-back Champions Leagues. I think he sort of has to play now. I think that experience is invaluable. He's he's just a, he's shown in his time at Chelsea that he's just a born winner, and I think for a player as young as Reece James to win that. Um, win that trophy um is is just going to be incredible for his career incredible for chelsea and i think um we're, we're yet to see the best of him i think that immediately propelled him to amongst the, sort of the best um right-sided players uh, right-sided defenders in in the world really um especially in an attacking sense but i actually thought yeah his his defensive ability was what was on show most uh on saturday night and i think now he should probably start for England at the Euros I think you need to ride that wave of, of, um, of, of positivity and, and the confidence that will give him
0: and from one fullback to another Charlie because you know I think Ben Chilwell's had, he had a brilliant start everyone got excited then he had a little bit of a blip in the middle where Marcus Alonso sort of came into the team and he was swapping them around but that was by far his best performance of the season wasn't it he kept Riyad Mahrez quiet for 90 minutes he did nothing
2: yeah, it's funny you mentioned him. I was literally just about to cut him uh, with with Chillwell. I mean, you think Reece James growing up at Chelsea and since the age of eight and coming into the team is, is difficult. Of course, it is. To to come from Leicester, um, where of course you know they've done great things over the last couple of years, but to you know that, he came for big from from big money from Leicester. That's mm-hmm. you know that, to come to a club like Chelsea. That is a pressure cooker. Like we said, he floated in and out of the team at times. He was quite poor when Chelsea were poor. But the last two months of the season, he completely turned that around. I think you saw in the FA Cup final just how important he is. Because A, Alonso had a bit of a shocker. B, when he came on, he completely changed the game. Um he's an incredible player. And he is, and obviously because we bought him for quite big money, we sort of we don't talk about him in the same breath as James and Mount. He's a very young player as well. You know, he can be Chelsea's left back for ten years. Um, Super player, superb technically. Um, clearly gets on with everybody. I, I think he's been. I think he's been amazing this season. You know, you, you're going to get these drops in form. With a when you're young. B when you're coming to a big club from a club like Leicester. Um, and look, he's done it on the biggest stage possible. And, and equally, like. I mean I'm obviously biased, but I don't think there's any way Luke Shaw should be starting ahead of him for the euros anyway
1: um, he's he's he, brilliant It's the same point, isn't it? I think Southgate has to realize that those Chelsea boys are going to be absolutely flying um, yeah. and they're winners they They've won the biggest club competition in the world they're They're ready to win They're, they're the kind of players who, no, who can now take us to to something like the euros yeah.
0: And God, isn't this fun? This is good, oh, this is I think it's they have. I mean, it's no, the best they ever been on this not, pod, 100%. It's so
1: better than tearing them
2: apart after we got I
0: know. It, <laughs> after <laughs> we go West Brom. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, we conceded more goals at home to West Brom in the Premier League than we did in the entire Champions League campaign. What? Amazing. What does that
1: can we, we were only behind for like five minutes in the whole thing, weren't like yeah, like four four, we?
0: Four of those were Krasnodar and one of them Krasnodar. was Porto. Like, it's just, honestly, I mean, that whole run. But it's, it's different to 2012 because we were dominant. Like, to me, we were the best team in Europe. We deserved to win that competition, whereas 2012, we sort of fluked our way there. Um, but listen, we, we've talked about a few players. We could talk about Mason Mount, of course we could, but we've talked about Mason Mount enough. We all know how good he was. We all know how good that pass was. But Chris, talk to me about Angolo Kante. Charlie, talk to me about Angolo Kante because four back-to-back man of the match performances in the Champions League final. And he was this was this his best game for Chelsea? I mean, he's had so many. Where do you rank this performance of Kante's up there in his, you know, in his Chelsea career? Because for me it was absolutely out of this world, Charlie.
2: Right at the top, you know, you've got you've got to take into account the situation. You know, it, it, it's the you know. Certainly, well, probably top two biggest games in my history. So mm. um, to perform like that, the way he did, and as you say, to cap off the run in the knockouts, which has been the Angolo Kante show, he's been unreal. He showed that he is still the best midfielder of his type in the mm. world, possibly the only midfielder of his type mm. in the world, because he's not a defensive midfielder. He's not a number 10. Mm. He is an all-round midfielder who, mm. at his best, it's just impossible to deal with. Manchester City couldn't deal with him, Real Madrid couldn't deal with him, Porto couldn't deal with him, and Atletico Madrid couldn't deal with him. And we are, he, he's, again, you we were talking about players re, writing themselves into Chelsea folklore. Well, Angolo Kante is the of this club. Like, he's got to be top 10 now, hasn't he? Mm. I mean, he's, he's unreal, unreal since he's joined um, Chelsea. Obviously, he's won now everything there is to win in football at club and international level. I know, Olivia, you asked me this a few months ago. He's got to be a contender for the Ballon d'Or, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Um, and we, this is an absolute Chelsea great that we're talking about now. Mm. Um, and, yeah, he was just unbelievable.
0: Bargain. 30 mil. I know everyone talks about, Bargain. you know, bargains, but 30 mil for Angolo Kante. For everything that he's done, like you say, Charlie, for the club since he's joined. And even if, you know, he's got a very good chance as well of at, at winning the Euros with France, because they won the World Cup, he plays next to Pogba, they both play very well when they play next to each other. So can you think of anyone else that would be more deserving of the Ballon d'Or this season?
1: Oof. Um, not at this stage. Uh, the usual suspects haven't had... I mean, Messi has still had an incredible season numbers-wise, <laughs> but I don't think he's even... I don't think he's really in the conversation. And obviously Barcelona had such a disappointing season. Um, Yeah, going on, based on history, you sort of have to win or be near to winning one of the the big competitions that year. Kante's done that and he's got a a huge opportunity with France um, in the Euros as well. I think you'd be surprised if they didn't do well, if they weren't sort of semi-finalists or finalists. Um, And I certainly wouldn't bet against, against them going the whole way um it's based on the whole year right not not season right so it's stuff yeah, it, of, yeah.
0: You, i think it gets exactly. given, it, it gets given in like um i think like like october september yeah. october time or november somewhere somewhere this winter it gets given so yeah you'd think
1: that yeah exactly I, I know he had like a bit a few struggles in the first half of the season but obviously that's that is red um irrelevant so i mean this this calendar year thus far he's been incredible and i think yeah any sort of decent performance at the Euros in France he is he is that should secure it for him I can't see who people who other people would vote for really like who who else is there as you say I can't couldn't tell you
0: and everyone everyone loves him I don't think there's one person in this world that doesn't like or smile when everyone talks about Angolo Kante he's one of the most likeable players in the game he's Modest, he's humble. He drives around in his mini. Loves playing football, and he's so good at it. And I would, I would love it if you know, I I I would love it if he won the Ballon d'Or. Part of me, you know, this is the I I expected this of Hazard. This is literally what I thought in a couple of the couple of years after Hazard left. I thought Real Madrid win the Champions League. Hazard win the Ballon d'Or, and Chelsea have won the Champions League. And we're talking about Kante for the Ballon d'Or. It just seems, you know don't know, it seems a bit crazy in these couple of couple of years what's happened, but we'll go back to the game because we could sit here and talk about every single one of those Chelsea players because they were all brilliant. But Charlie, what impressed you the most about how Chelsea played on Saturday night? Because we absolutely nullified any threat that, that Man City have, and they've been so dominant and so brilliant this season.
2: I think it's just the maturity, just the maturity of the performance from a side but yes, did contain Angolo Kante and and some other senior players and Cesar Azpilicueta also contained a hell of a lot of young players. Um, And it's all very well, you know, doing well in the Premier League and the bread and butter games against teams in the bottom half. But that's the biggest stage possible. You know, there's endless list of great players who never get to that stage. And players like uh, Rhys James, Mason Mount, Ben Chilwell, Kai Havertz, they've already done it. They've already done it And, and they did it. Like we said, we were the better side. It was a real mature performance. We did everything we had to do. Um, I don't know why Guardiola picked the team he did. I thought it was it was basically less open for our best players to create in the space that they can. I that don't goal know why. wouldn't
1: have happened, would it? I don't think that goal no, happens. If they have a defensive not. midfielder on the pitch, it doesn't happen.
2: I mean, to not play a defensive midfielder in a Champions League final... The- all, all is finals that are very cocky? attritional. So. Is, that,
0: is that cocky? Is that is that me going, well, I don't need a defensive midfielder because we're going to have all the ball. We're going to create all the chances. I'm not going to need one. What do you think he was thinking?
2: I've got no idea. I've got no idea. I mean, I, I don't know whether it's like some misplaced commitment to playing the game, how he sees it. But finals aren't about that. Finals are about winning the game over 90 minutes, you know, how many how many Chelsea fans sort of sit and analyse like how we played in 2012? Like it literally doesn't matter. No, you know, you you, you do what you can on the night. That's what finals are remembered for. You know, <laughs> anyone as old as a, anyone old enough doesn't remember how England played in the 1966 World Cup mm-hmm. final. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's it's about winning the final over 90 minutes. We did enough to do that. We picked the team to do that. We combated them enough to do that and 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 they didn't do any of those things Mm -hmm. they didn't they didn't pick the right team um they left they left themselves open to exactly how we scored Mm -hmm. and then they weren't able to break us down um Mm -hmm. it doesn't whoever had the most passes whatever that just doesn't matter it's a complete relevance it's it's about it's about using your assets on the night to the best of the team's abilities and we were by. We were far more than the sum of our parts, and they were far less than the sum of theirs.
0: Chris, was this a Thomas Tuchel masterclass?
1: I think it was really. Like we've spoken a few times about how he prepares for games, and people were saying that um, the previous two wins over City would be irrelevant, but they, they clearly weren't. I think on the night, uh, again, Tuchel got it right. Like the team, that is like my favourite iteration of our current. Uh, the the current po- uh, of the possibilities. That's my favourite team, I think, at the moment, and uh, that's what he went for. So immediately, that sort of gives you confidence. But yeah, he j- again just got everything right, and uh, I think the main thing is defensively the the way he sorted out that defence and has every pretty much every defender in the squad playing with confidence and absolutely putting their body on the line for the for the cause uh, at every opportunity. Um as I said As Azpilicueta was phenomenal, Rudiger was unbelievable Thiago Silva was obviously having a good game till he was forced off and then Christensen comes on and was equally as oh. impressive as he has been all season Christensen Unreal. and he's unlucky to have, have sort of lost his place in the side in the last few weeks of the season but he he has been the player we all wanted him to be when he came back from that loan in, in um, Germany mm. and what we were sort of expecting. He's such a, a classy centre-back and, and I think the criticism of him was that he's not physical enough but I think in the second half of the season he's shown that he is well up for the fight and the the block on Foden I think it was um, on the edge of the six-yard box, I mean that was that was another absolutely clutch moment I thought. Wait, what,
0: yeah. wait, wait.
1: So, sorry, Livia, I was just going to say,
2: no-one's been mentioning that at all. The fact that we had to make a substitution, what, 35 Every, minutes in? Mm. Everyone um,
0: about De Bojna, weren't yeah. they? Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and it, you know, uh, Targa Silva, no less, who has been so crucial to guiding the young players this season and played so well since he's come back into the team from from that injury layoff he had of a couple of months. And Christensen was, was so good when he came on. I think Rudiger as well the change in him in since Tuchel took over really is amazing I, I remember him playing phenomenally well in that cup final where we beat Man United and mm-hmm. uh, he it was his first season at the club and he'd been like in and out of the team mm-hmm. he is clearly one of the he's clearly a man for the occasion and mm-hmm. he showed that again um on Saturday he was just he was unreal, and I, he's kind of not been one of my favourite players. I think there's obviously stories about him behind the scenes when it was all going wrong, and I think he, he actually had a very poor 18 months in the middle of his like, Chelsea uh, career, but he's massively redeemed himself the last few months and did it on the biggest stage possible. He's an absolute warrior, Rudiger. Mm-hmm. He's so, he was so good on Saturday.
0: He's someone you want on your team, and if you if you if they're on the opposing team, you absolutely hate playing against him. And yeah. just back to Thiago Silva quickly. Obviously, he came off, put his head in his hands, he was gutted. You could see he was quite emotional. But I don't know if you saw Chelsea TV put up like a, it was like a behind like a, not behind the scenes, but just like they've just put a camera on him during the game when he was sat on the bench and he was screaming, shouting, telling people what to do, chucking stuff. And I just, you know, it was similar to when we saw them celebrate in the stands, um, was it against Real Madrid? Um, and I I mean, I'm so glad we're extending his contract because he has been absolutely out of this world. Makes,
2: I wish I wish it was 10 years ago when we had him. Oh,
0: mm. It makes me, nothing makes me happier than going back, you know, a season and seeing fans at the start of the season going, Thiago Silva, 36 years old, why are you buying him? And it just it's so nice to watch that yeah. now and think this is the exact reason why we bought him in. And also for him, as Equator, Olivier Giroud, Kante, those are the sorts of players that I'm more happy. I love that the youngsters have won it. But for me, those four players—they're the ones that I'm so unbelievably happy for because it—it it might be their last chance. It probably for for a lot of them, you don't get to Champions League finals often. You know, we've got to two in ten years or nine years. I think only one team have won it more than twice in the last ten years, and that's Real Madrid. So you—you you, you know, for for a lot of them, this might have been their their sort of final final um, chance to win it. So that makes me
1: yeah. I think great. Thiago Silva said that was um the most important night, I mean, obviously, but it makes sense, but it said it was the most important night of his career. Mm. And um, I think for us, that's nice that that happened at Chelsea, considering some of the clubs he's played for. We'll always have that. And he obviously already has a really special relationship with the club.
0: I think it would have been an absolute travesty if someone like Thiago Silva, who's been so good for so long, played in so many good teams, hadn't actually won the Champions League. Um, and he deserves it more than anyone. So that was great. Charlie, where does this rank in terms of Chelsea's best ever seasons? You know, you look back at Munich. Obviously, we won the double that year. We had the chance to win the double this year. Couldn't quite make it, but we won the biggest, um, biggest prize in club football. So is this, would you say this is Chelsea's second best season ever? Or would you, you know, say when we won the Premier League for the first time, where would you rank it? Um, I think uh, it, it, it's hard to
2: rank them. I, I think 2012 will always be special. A, again, we won the FA Cup um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, even numbers-wise, it is slightly better. But I, but I just think because that was the first time and it was the last chance for players like Drogba and Lampard and Terry and Ashley Cole. Yeah. I, I think that will kind of always... The first one's always special I mean, this is this is just so far up there, though, isn't it? It's, it, it's second or third or, or something like that. Um, I think 2005, just because of, you know, it, it, we were so good, best Premier League team ever, uh, in my incredibly biased opinion. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, we've had so many good seasons over the last 10 years, over the last 20 years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd say 2012 does have a little bit of uh, lustre about it, but then... There's there's three or four season 2012 2005 um, that that are right out there as well. I mean this is this is top two top three. Yeah,
0: definitely. And Chris, what does this mean for Chelsea for next season? Um, in terms of transfer targets, I've got a question here from Ali Barry, who says, which realistic additions would help us to a proper title push next season? He's listed Lukaku, Rice, Santro, Triore. I mean, Lukaku, Rice and Triore are the three that I've seen us being linked to. And I think it's quite interesting, the Adama Triore one, because I think in Chelsea's counter-attack, he'd be absolutely brilliant. And maybe with better players around him, he'd get more assists. Obviously, he's got like one or two assists, but is that because he doesn't necessarily have the players around him to do that. What do you make of, of us being linked to him?
1: Um, It's an interesting one. I I, I would say I do, wouldn't ever expect him to start if he, uh, as in he, he'd be a, a rotation option if that did come to fruition. Um I I do find that he had that one good season sort of sandwiched in between, didn't he? But I think la- the, la- the season just gone, he, he was very frustrating to watch and I, I'm not sure, you can necessarily attribute that to his teammates. obviously he's like a fantastic uh, dribbler and carrier of the ball, but end product does come down to the individual at the end of the day. Obviously the runs maybe could be better, but um, I think we saw a lot of the time last season, he kind of reverted back to type and and wasn't creating as many opportunities or scoring as many goals as he should be. And of course, I think... um, if Tuchel sticks with three at the back, then that is now Rhys James's position, and I I wouldn't expect him to relinquish that very easily. Um, Tuchel said very early on in his tenure that if if three at the back was working, he's not gonna um, he's not gonna be willing to change it. Yeah, and I think that goes for personnel too. And uh, as I, I've said about Rhys James, I think this Saturday has now propelled him to a, another level. And and he'll be looking to kick on from there and he won't be letting up his his starting place easily. Yeah, yeah try and get enough Chelsea. Well yeah. I was going
0: to say uh, end product's been our issue this season hasn't it really let's be honest it's been it's been the issue you know scoring goals so bring in another player that struggles with end product I don't think could necessarily yeah. be the right route to go down but someone who has got good end product of course is Romelu Lukaku and Billy said if Lukaku comes to Chelsea Charlie then who drops out Werner Pulisic, it's not going to be Kai Havertz, Billy said. But that means, you know, we've it, when we play a three at the back, you've got three, you've got your wing backs, obviously, go through, but you've only got three positions, right? So if Lukaku comes in, a goal scorer, let's say, is Havertz and, Ver, and Mount, like, is Werner going to miss out? What do you have? How, how do you see that one? Um,
2: I think, obviously, it necessitates playing a slightly different way because, you know, Lukaku is a very particular player. I massively want Lukaku, by the way. I think, yeah. you know, He's got unfinished business at Chelsea. He's a guaranteed goal scorer. It's everything that we've, we've lacked uh, this season. I mean, it, 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 it has to be Werner dropping out of those, really. Um, he's had some very good performances in the last few weeks. But let's face it, overall, he's been, he's been a disappointment in terms of end products and goals. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, goal, the Champions League final goal doesn't happen without Team Werner because yeah. he makes that incredible run uh, towards the left, which drags City out of position. And that's the sort of thing he's great at. He's great at other things as well. But I think, you know, if, if we are going to be playing a slightly different way, if we are getting a Lukaku in, Havertz, as we said, we expect to go from strength to strength. Mason Mount has been player of the season by an absolute mile. Mm. Um, it's You know, it's a numbers game, isn't it? It, it? it ends up being Timo Werner possibly falling falling out of that first eleven, But that's not just, you know, we're going to, well, we're going to be in the Club World Cup. We're going to be in the Super mm-hmm. Cup, which I know is only one game. We're gonna obviously hope to go deep into the Champions League again. We're gonna be playing 65 games next season. You know, there's there's not gonna be a first eleven, really, Mm. you know, and Lukaku won't play all those games if he comes. We're gonna see a front three like we did, maybe, maybe even in the bigger games, we might not even see Lukaku. Maybe, maybe it'll it'll be that sort of thing where we do play a more false line in the bigger games. Mm. And then when you just need to like iron out Southampton at home, you go and let Lukaku score three. Yeah, um, but uh, no, I, I think I, I think out of those, you know, it's possibly Timo that yeah. won't uh, get a place every week. But I wouldn't get too bogged down about first eleven because it's, yeah, you're right, it's basically not going to exist. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to be playing so many games.
1: Um, if he if he's tempted to play four at the back at any point as well, uh, and a 4-3-3, three, three, I think that. That could be something we see in, like, just basically one of the centre-backs dropping out, maybe, as Filiqueta, which actually at that stage of his career might not be any sort of tragedy. And then then Werner comes in as that left winger again, and Mount becomes more of an attacking centre midfielder. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I can
2: see that working really well.
1: I think Werner and Lukaku working really well together,
2: actually.
0: I can see Lukaku and... um... And Werner make it like working really well. I always thought when we signed Werner that he would be that player that would score 25 goals, but actually having seen him play and having seen the runs he makes, you know, live and in person, you appreciate just what he does for the team. And I think that could really benefit Romelu Lukaku's game as well. Right. Listen, guys, we are the champions of Europe and we have to do our end of season awards. And so I'm going to run through a list of awards we've got here and we'll all answer them. I'll answer them as well. Um, because it has been a great season, um, you know we, we we did it the hard way, getting top four, but we got there. We went into the Champions League final knowing that we didn't have to win it to get top four, but we still went and won it anyway. Won well, our <laughs> second Champions League final, right, guys? Chris, first of all, your play. I mean, I think I don't even know if there's any point in doing this one. Chris, your player.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, Timo Werner... For, no, Mason <laughs> Man, I think is the yeah the unanimous one, isn't it? Yeah, um, consistently. All the way through the, the bad times and the good, really. Um I was just thinking that when you when you were saying that we did it the hardware. Jesus, what a, that was such a classic Chelsea season, wasn't it? The first <laughs> like we haven't spoken
0: uh, actually, have we? Have we yeah, spoken? it
1: feels like the first half of the season is just a completely different season almost. Uh yeah, but. a Bonkers, bonkers season. But yeah, sorry. Throughout, yeah, Mason Mount has, has carried us through it and has been unbelievably consistent, unbelievably important to the team. And uh, in my opinion, he's already a, a club legend, but he his status will only grow over the years.
2: Charlie? Yeah, 100%, 100%. By my, by my, I think, you know, it's, it's easy to get swept up in the last couple of weeks. Um, for obvious reasons, but you, you've got to think, you know, week in, week out when you're talking about the season and that's Mason Mount all over.
0: I mean, yeah, clean, eat. Obviously, Chelsea's player of the season, who won Chelsea's player of the year award, um, is Mason Mount, who is only going to get better. So it's very, very exciting. Right, Chris, your young player of the year award.
1: So that's under 21, is it? Well, I mean,
0: if we're going to do it under twenty, under 22, 21, because the Premier League one's under 24, and that means like Ruben Diaz. Yeah, Zachary,
1: that's silly. You
0: know. Young player is like 21, 22, I think we can.
1: Yeah. Let me... So I'm just Googling how old Reece James is. Yeah, let me make sure I get this <laughs> right. I mean, me make, make sure James I get this right. If you want to. Yeah, so I think it... them,
0: like. Our our squad, you know, we haven't like Callum Hudson, always young. He hasn't played that much. Reese James is probably the only one that's actually played the only, I suppose, Kai Havertz, but you probably wouldn't give it to Kai Havertz, even though he did that in the final. Yeah, there's a
1: lot of young players. It does make it difficult. I think, um, yeah, to my mind, it is Reese James, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, mean, yeah, uh, it, it kind of got increasingly better as the season went on and ended in the best way possible really um, and he, he was such a, a key player in that final so yeah I think I'd have to give it to him Charlie yeah 100% unbel- unbelievable player one of the best kids I've seen come out of Chelsea's
2: academy ever um, to do what he's done um, playing a sort of midfield role for Wigan this time two years ago or whatever it was um, to win a Champions League be one of the best players on the pitch in a Champions League final for Chelsea um, yeah unbelievable player
0: yeah, I think my young player of the year was going to go to Rhys James as well. And it's just like scary, you know, how good he already is, how mature, like we said earlier, he is as a player. And he, like Mason Mount, is only going to get better as well. I mean, I feel like we're just going to be, we know what the crush game of the season. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Saturday, definitely.
0: Yeah. I don't think there's any. There's decent,
1: <laughs> it? Who, wrote these, who wrote these questions, Purdy? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, Charlie, is there any? Is there any other game? There's no, I mean, there's not. Is there? There's no other game. That <laughs> no. Right. So our game of the season is Chelsea, of course, winning the Champions League final. We're champions of Europe, if you haven't already heard. Okay, Chris, your goal of this season. My, um, mem- my memory doesn't work. This yeah, way. no. I was I'm thinking actually, about like, this. Right, at is... the start of the season, trying to think of like what good.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the <laughs> we annoyingly don't score enough bangers in my opinion but we do we have had a few so Rhys James I think it was basically the first game of the season
0: Brighton Brighton away
1: that was a great goal um or uh Olivier Giroud in Budapest the technique was I think that is probably the winner and just in terms of magnitude as well like that's the goal that that completely was a sucker punch for Atletico I think and and made it an even com- more comfortable tie for us, but um, yeah, that was uh, he's just so good at that, isn't he? And uh, mm. that was a great moment, so yeah, I think
0: I'll go with that one. I'm glad, I'm glad you came up with that, Chris.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chris has absolutely
2: nailed that one. <laughs> great shout! Yeah. I mean, lot of amateurs goal in the finals, mustard, wasn't it? Like, such yeah, a good yeah. ball, took around yeah. the keeper, yeah, edge.
1: that is third. You could come, to, yeah, you could come to obviously the if we're basing it on importance as well, like. That is, wow, yeah, what a moment. I'll tell
2: you the most annoying one was Timo Werner's goal when he was in his usual offside position against Tottenham. Um,
0: brilliant, that was a
2: huge brilliant. game. It was a huge game, that, and it was a, such a good finish. And I felt like, I felt for a while that, like, it all started to go down here after that was ruled mm-hmm. out. If he'd, scored, if he'd scored, like, the winner against Tottenham, I think it would have given him a real lift. Um, but I don't even remember that one.
0: He finishes. He cuts in, doesn't he? Gets it to so gets yeah. on his left foot, cuts in on his right, and just bent it in the corner. Yeah,
2: it was so good. Brilliant. Better yes. than any of his, yeah, was any of his real goals.
0: Well, this is the thing. Like every time yeah. he's on side, he finishes like Messi and Ronaldo. It's so irritating. And every time he's on side, he doesn't. I did enjoy
2: his header against Real Madrid from yeah. about half a yard out as well. That yeah. it. <laughs> so
0: he, he jumped so early to make sure it just yeah. hit his head and just didn't want to miss that right okay so that's our goal of the season Olivier Giroud against Atletico Madrid the little bicycle kick um okay so Chris you're we're talking players now your biggest mm-hmm. disappointment
1: well, well I, I for the record I really love Timo Werner and I love what he does for the team has done for the team obviously it's not what any of us <laughs> yeah not what any of us expected by any means and I think he's learnt the hard way the differences between the Premier League and uh, the Bundesliga. I think you just in the Bundesliga, you would see him running through one on one Very. pretty much every week, yeah. which just does not happen in the Premier League. Unless you play Man City, you don't play a defensive midfielder, then you might <laughs> get lucky. But yeah. uh, generally, just doesn't happen. And um, but, uh, but i say it's a disappointment it's a disappointment compared to what I, yeah just yeah. based on my expectation when he signed yeah. i thought he was going to be an, a, like an absolute weapon i thought he was going to be like deadly scoring yeah immediately banging absolutely loads of goals but it just never goes that way when we sign a striker does it so mm-hmm. uh, um yeah oh, i think oh, i think it has to be him it, 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 but it's it's not uh it's nothing to be ashamed of almost because yeah. he's still had a good season in my opinion yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that we are that we need to buy another striker having spent what we spent on Werner in the summer is sort of indicative that he might win this award, dubious award. Um, you know, I agree, like he said, he said it earlier, he's, he's done some very good things. I, I noticed it when I watched him live, like how much more you sort of appreciate him and the running he does. Um, but I think, you know, as, as long as we sort of, move our sights in terms of what he can be for Chelsea then we've still got a very useful player on our hands um yeah but yeah I mean he was meant to be the missing piece in the jigsaw wasn't he in terms of 50 goals and whatever um we now have to buy someone else to do that bit so yeah I, I, I think that's probably fair to say
0: yeah, I think well, I don't want to give it to him, but I think comparing like we did Tim to last season to this season, we'll give it to him, But we still love you, Timo. Don't worry. And your song's the most catchy <laughs> song ever. That's... I, I literally just as we were coming on, I was like, just kicking, just, kidding. <laughs> just like, bouncing along to it. Okay, uh, Chris, your worst moment.
1: Ooh.
0: I know mine. I'll say mine. Um,
1: <laughs> a single single moment or worst like match.
0: And it's just single moment, just this worst moment. So it's up to you. You can you can spin it in whichever way you like.
1: Wow, I'm going to have to think hard about that. Um, one hey, is I'll sitting out in my head. Yeah, yeah, you go
0: saying, Yeah, Frank Lampard being sacked, I think. And in hindsight, you can look back and you can go, but it was obviously the right decision. But at the time, that hurt me. Like, no other manager sacking has hurt me. And I will... I still, um, I still have the same feelings that I had back then. Obviously, now Super's come in and won the Champions League, so you can't say it was the, the right, the wrong decision. But just the way it, the way it happened, the way it was dealt with, you know, I was just gutted. And way, even when I think about it now, it's still, I'm still gutted about it. So for me, that was, you know, my worst moment of the season. Charlie, what's yours?
2: Yeah, echo everything. There stands yeah. stands a long way. out. I mean, it, for me, it was one of the worst moments ever, really. Yeah. Um, it's more, you know, it's far more profound than, you know, losing in the cup against someone or whatever. Like it's, it's, it, again, put away what's happened since, but yeah. we said we went over and over it at the time. For me, it put everything into perspective about how the club is run and the fact that the goalposts removed on what we were trying to achieve mm-hmm. um, and to treat someone like that in that way. I think yeah. it's still is still, like, really grinds my gears. But I think, uh, you know, uh, there's there's, there's no way this would have happened yeah. if, if he'd have stayed. Um, and I think that's fair to say. I think it's also fair to say that I think Lampard was perfectly capable of getting top four. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, we, the goalposts moved and we, we, we kind of changed what we wanted to achieve. And Tuchel and this set of players have, have done amazingly. So... It, it, it's ridiculous to have a worse moment in a season like this, but th- I mean that certainly is it.
0: We gotta we gotta pick one fish for shores.
1: Yeah. I think my mind hadn't drifted that way, but yeah, I think actually in in hindsight though that, that probably has been the lowest moment. I think obviously everything that led to that as well. Um, just that period of the season was was horrible in every sense. And it just felt like we would Sort of never get out of it. I think, yeah. Where my mind went was being like three 0 down at Arsenal. Yeah, I was, I was to just,
2: to just about to mention that to Arsenal. Be, day, like, yeah,
1: to hear <laughs> that against such an awful Arsenal side to be three 0 down—that was that was a low point. But yeah, obviously, that that is something that contributed to to Lampard sacking. So yeah, I think overall, yeah, I agree with you guys.
0: Right, and I mean, I don't think we need to answer this, but our best moment, surely. Is it is it Kai Havertz goal? Is it the final whistle? Is it Cesar Azpilicueta lifting the Champions League trophy? What is your best moment, Charlie? Um, Everything against West when I mean, we were three yeah. down. There, <laughs> um, I think it's
2: the final whistle. It's the final whistle. Um, yeah, I agree.
0: Everyone running onto the pitch. I love seeing
1: that. I can't get enough
2: no, the, of that. Yeah, that shot is. You know, as you say, there's like endless videos doing the rounds of like behind the scenes or whatever.
0: Yeah. But
2: that shot. Obviously, uh, I think Giroud's got a Mount in his arm, Silva's there, Tammy's there, and they just all go absolutely mental. Run onto the pitch, the shots of the fans go mental. That is the moment.
0: Chris, I mean,
1: yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm similar. I can't get enough of the sort of behind the scenes celebration videos and the, the, yeah, the players running onto the pitch, seeing. On their faces, what it means to every single one of them is is a really kind of nice feeling. Um, mm. Kante like hugging his mum on the pitch, Mendy like in his mum's arms crying as well. It was all so, yeah, it was all so lovely. I um, really
0: liked during the trophy lift Zuma lifting Kante up because amazing. it couldn't be so good. Everyone's jumping so, around at yeah. Kante's, there, so you just lift them up and you just see Kante's arms like at the top of their <laughs> oh, was That is by far the best moment, it has to be the best moment of the season. Just That hole from the final whistle to when we lifted the trophy to, like you say, Chris, when they're celebrating with their family in front of the Chelsea fans. It just doesn't get better than that. And I think my life has peaked. I don't know if my life can get (laughs) any better than that moment on Saturday night out in Porto. But listen, we've actually, this is the longest we've ever spoken for and, and possibly the easiest, easiest chat we have ever had when we happens? got
2: beat by Man City we did about three minutes and went home
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our times have changed Charlie, Chris thank you so much we're saying goodbye as champions of Europe but we will be back that's all we've got time for thank you so much for listening if you could drop us a review it'd be very much appreciated subscribe if you haven't already and if you've enjoyed what you heard and we'll see you all next season if I haven't already mentioned as champions of Europe here and wherever you may be